La, 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 wait till I get my money right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to FU Pay Me the Entrepreneurial Spirit. My name is Carnes, and I'm joined as always with Brian in the line. What's happening, Brian? Hey, what's going on, Carnes? Oh, man. <laughs> man, I am super excited, pumped. And just, you know, jittery, I mean, jittery. I can't even talk. I'm so excited about our guest that we have on with us tonight. And uh, we have Mr. Greg Herman in, uh, on the line. Greg, how are you, man? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. And uh, for everyone who, the people who may not know who you are, could you kind of give us a little explanation I mean, ex- explanation of your background and who you are and what do you do sure yeah uh, I'm a motion designer um, and also I'm a live action director and a writer and uh, I don't know I, I, I don't know so well with like so many titles I, I guess in general the short of it is I'm an artist so I just make a lot of different kinds of art um, but I guess the one I get paid for is motion design <laughs> so that's the that's the short of it so the, the bread and butter pays the bills <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah well, cool, yeah and Greg he's one of the best out there I think personally to that, that's happening now and that's doing it right now um, Greg, oh man thank you 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 are man I, I constantly check your website out at least a couple times a week just to see if you put up anything new in your board section or even on your films or anything, man, because, um, uh, I think your work really, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's like some of the best stuff out there. I, I truly believe that. Oh, thank you so much, man. That means a lot. I'm very honored to hear that. So thank you. It means a lot. Oh, man, no problem at all. So Greg, um, so what, what have you been up to, man? What was, what do you have going on, uh, lately creatively? Creatively. Um, Quite a bit. Uh, I've been trying to keep, you know, a lot of balls in the air. And um, my personality, I tend to, I tend to do better just with more chaos. Um, and when I finally, you know, I finally finish everything, and then I'm like, uh, now what? So <laughs> it's better for me to, it's better for me to kind of have, you know, multiple things happening at once. And uh, so I've got, I usually am working on some kind of booking, and um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work in the morning. Uh, usually I'm writing and. Um, I just stumbled onto this this new thing called Morning Pages. Um, this woman, Julia Cameron, does, uh, or she offers, and um, it's really cool. It's just like kind of promoting this idea of free writing. And uh, so I've been doing writing in the morning, and it's just like write a couple pages, really, and uh, just free write whatever. And so I just thought that would be an interesting kind of break break up in, in the monotony of things and yeah. so I've been getting into that and then um, you know dive into you know like some bookings or whatever if I'm booked on something you know I'll work on that um, then usually you know I'll take you know I'll take on uh, sometimes I'll do some stuff at night um, whether it's film oriented if I'm you know I have a few little kind of studio projects that I do um, they're what I call my push-ups <laughs> um, I have like a little little uh, kind of a study that's, that I've been working on um, for about I don't know I think it's maybe you know, I don't know six months or so but I'm, I plan on just sticking with it um, but it's, uh, it's called the macro study or the macro series and it's just uh, basically a a continuation of just little short they're like two minute one minute little little films that are all shot in macro um and just with various subjects and it's like a very specific editing style lighting style um and kind of format with the color and stuff and and i i just uh i've been cranking those out just as a like i said kind of a push-up thing it's like a craft building exercise um and, uh, you know, it's like little things like that. And I've been trying to, so it's kind of like, you know, I'm working on my design and I'm working on uh, writing and, you know, editing is a big thing for me. Um, I feel like storytelling is really important. That's kind of been one of the biggest things for me as a, as a creative. Um, really just excited about 
um, becoming a better storyteller and trying to, you know, push myself in that in that way of thinking in that world. But uh, yeah, so that kind of my days tend to be like segmented like that, broken up in that way. Well, wow, um, nice. yeah. So. <laughs> Well, I'm a, yeah. I, I really love your macro series, man, and I, I've I've been really watching them a, a lot and studying, you know, since you've put them up, man, and I really I find them very intriguing, man. And uh, oh, thank you, that's are. so cool. I was wondering if anyone was even paying attention to those. Oh, <laughs> sure, man. I am. I'm like, wow, this this is actually very cool, and and <laughs> it's mainly because you know the objects that, that you're choosing, you know, they're just pretty much you know regular run-of-the-mill objects but the way that that you're shooting them and the lighting that you're choosing and and even the sound man it makes it an intriguing thing to watch awesome thank you that's super cool to hear yeah i've been like i said it's been just kind of a an exercise and, and, and it's progressed a little too you know like it started very simple and i didn't really know what was happening um with it and where it would go but it was fun as a progression to see you know and now I've kind of gotten it down to a system a little bit more and just kind of excited about what could potentially work its way you know subject matter wise like what's going to work its way into the series next and um, so I got a couple things on deck and I'm like all right cool that's (laughs) you know that's going to be the next one or and I've got like four or five of them piled up now. So oh. whenever I get free time, sometimes I'll shoot them in the I'll shoot in the morning, yeah. um, and then I'll just uh, you know I'll just have it sitting there ready to edit. Or um, you know sometimes I'll just it'll be like a time trial too. Like I'll I'll uh, you know I'll, I'll give myself like six hours. I'll be like all right, I have two I have an hour to shoot it, right. and then you know I have an hour to score it, and then and two hours to cut it. And, two hours to you know color it and polish it and whatever you know and then i'm done <laughs> so it's kind of like it's, it makes that finality you know it gives you that deadline that sometimes is crucial because otherwise you'll sit there and you know fiddle with it and two weeks later you realize it's not really that much different than the six hour version <laughs> you just pushed a lot of pixels around and you know made a lot of bad choices so i don't know i just uh i've been having a lot of fun with that just yeah. pushing myself to try to crank it out but, um, but thank you. <laughs> that, I, you answered the question I was going to ask. How long does it take you to do each one? But you're doing them in six hours? Holy. Well, not um, not like a consecutive burst of six hours, but it'll be like, you know, uh, two hours here, two hours there, an hour here. Sometimes it is, though. Um, I think the fastest one I've ever done, I did in like three hours all in. And that was the light bulb one. And that was just yeah. a really quick dude. Uh, really, really, I literally scored it um, while the footage was offloading. It just came right out. I was like, whatever. And it just was like, I just was like, no thought. And I think that's been a big, that's been a big thing with me lately is I've been trying to think less. <laughs> I feel like as I start to think, I like break things down and overthink. And, and then before I know it, I'm like, I've, I've just torn it all apart in my head and talked myself out of everything and then talked myself back into it again. <laughs> Man, you sound so. just like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's just like one of those, you know, it's one of those things that I've been working on personally, trying to just think less and just kind of be in the moment and let myself just go and be okay with whatever comes out and not judge myself too harshly. And um, it's kind of like a letting go exercise. And uh, that's a lot of what the macro series is about too, which is kind of a, you know, being able to just let go kind of at that six hour mark it's like all right that's it that's that one like i'm done sometimes i finish early and i'm like that's cool <laughs> you know like it's all good um because I, I used to i think it was a point in my life where i was very hell-bent on like you know it was never good enough and i wanted to obsess and you know be a freak about it and be crazy about it bash my head into the keyboard you know relentlessly and I feel good that I've kind of broken through that wall now and <laughs> I'm just a little bit lighter on on myself <laughs> I understand man I mean we, we all have the tendency to do that you know we'll get so obsessed with, with something and just exactly how you described it man beating our head against the desk against the, against the wall like this is crap Who, no one's gonna like this and, and you know that, that kind of takes the enjoyment out of it a little bit you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i can see it i can see it you know in in hindsight too almost in a way that you could 
that could be there could be an aspect of that that, that drives you too. So I guess it could go both ways. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people, you know, it takes it takes all types. Right. And, and if I'm just thinking of some friends right now that I can think of that are like driven by that, so something that drives them, you know. So, oh, yeah. but that's you know, but that's it's interesting just to think about the creative different creative processes and people have different ways of what drives them and um but yeah i feel you i'm, I'm on that train now so <laughs> well greg greg i i, I don't know how, can you how, how old are you uh i am let's see how old am i uh 77 38 <laughs> okay cool well okay well cool we're we're well we're yeah. older guys ourselves i'm i'm for i'll be 45 next month I'm awesome, I'm, man. I'm, I'm 45 forward. years young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Brian? Right. Okay, I'm, I'm somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> just getting in. I'm just dipping my toes in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Brian, That's awesome. You said that uh, you also you you score these things as well, man. So you dabble with music. As far as uh, what do you do? I mean, what's your process with that? Yeah, like, uh, well, I, I actually um, got my start in music, um, playing guitar and then playing drums uh, in, in different bands and stuff growing up. And um, I found my way into design through my bands and playing music. And um, just through necessity, our, our bands uh, needed, you know, design work. Um, eventually became more business, you know, than businesses than bands. And uh, one in particular, and that ended up being... Uh, you know, all of a sudden this need for design. And I was like, oh, well, and I had this kind of drive. I was like, oh, no, I got to make T-shirts and make websites and make, you know, and so I got into doing that. And I think that eventually led to that. But So I kind of have a music career, or had a music career, but I've always been a musician. Um, you know, nowadays, when it comes to, like a lot of the macro-series stuff is scored by a couple of different people. Matt, Matthew Nielsen, um, my buddy Matt, he, he scored... I think a couple of the earlier ones, he gave me like five tracks when I first started and was like, right. you know, whatever you want to do with these, man, like we'll put them towards the macro series. So I've, I've almost gone through all five. They've, they've like floated in here and there. And then I've scored, you know, a few odds and ends ones. I, I scored the insects ones and the light bulb one and the one I just finished. Um, or two ago, and then uh, and then my buddy Zach, who I've been working with a lot, Zach Cooper, um, is going to be scoring probably a few of them or one of them. But he's been working. I've been working with him on all my film work. Um, so he's. But my process is, is GarageBand. <laughs> Just sit down at GarageBand and you know crank it out, and it's like you know really rudimentary, simple like keyboard type keyboard creating like kind of the whole keyboard typing thing yeah. i'm just i'm, I'm it's kind of like a little it's a little raw <laughs> there's not a lot of uh you know but what i'll do is like you know once i have something you know pretty pretty much that's mediocre that i can hang with yeah. um then i'll just go and start editing it and start making it cool you know and adding some weird stuff to it or you know pitch shifting it cutting it all up and doing weird stuff with it in the cut that makes sense with the visuals so it ends up eventually being cool it doesn't always start cool <laughs> but uh hopefully it matches at some point down the road well it, it man just to give you a little positive feedback about that particular part you just talked about i let my wife um check out some of your uh your your, your films and uh she's really kind of like yeah whatever and so she was on her laptop <laughs> while we were, you know, I was watching him and she was, and I was like, what do you think about that? And she was like, you know, I really wasn't watching it that much, but the sounds made me very interested in looking at this and seeing what was happening on there. I was like, he did. Cool. Yeah. She, so she, and to, she's pretty hardcore. So for her to say that, that not even looking at it, just from the sounds that you had on there made her interested in seeing what was happening is pretty much uh <laughs> for me it is a big deal <laughs> that's awesome wow that's very cool uh, you can tell her that thank you very much for that compliment <laughs> very humble <laughs> you know to me in my opinion like music is very important because like you know if you can if just think about like the music that you like to listen to all the time like the old stuff you know back in the day or whatever you know it always sparks like a certain kind of feeling or or memory or something like that you know it's, it's you know even like 
just with uh, Karns talking about his wife or whatever, you know, it's like just the music, you know, kind of can, you know, if even if you forgot all the visuals, it's like that music, you know, kind of is that thing that grabs you, you know, and makes you pay attention sometimes, you know, you know, just having the right kind of score, you know, yeah, yeah, man. I feel you. I feel you in that for sure. It's very like a, it's a big storytelling device, and and uh, it also can haunt you in your memories, like post movie experience. Right, right. You know, I feel I feel that in in a, in a lot of ways. Like when I think of a movie, if someone says, you know, like oh, you remember that movie? Sometimes the score will just pop in my head, and that's like the first thing I'll think of instead of a scene. Um, so I feel you on that. It's very powerful stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of your films, I mean, how do you come up with your the concepts for your films? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've made a lot of films. Um, I've made probably like thirteen or fourteen shorts, and uh, and I think like you know only like maybe I don't know six or seven of them I've even put online. But uh, it was a lot like when I first made my first short, it was the beginning of the whole exploration of kind of finding my voice as a writer mm-hmm. and just what I wanted to talk about, what I wanted to kind of tell stories about. And at first I, I kind of went through this process of just playing around with my friends. I think like all filmmakers do mm-hmm. and just messing around and kind of, you know, someone would say, Oh yeah, I'm going to write this. And, you know, and so, was, you know, I would try like just directing their script and, right. you know, I wrote, I wrote a, a film called The Long Road um, with a buddy like a while ago um, back in like 2007 or 2008 mm-hmm. and we eventually like through the process of kind of evolving it and figuring out how we were going to make it and stuff uh, I actually ended up making that um, but it, it took many years to kind of uh, not only shoot but cut and figure all that out yeah. um, and then it finally came out in 2012 so that's funny it's like it's only like a 10 minute film <laughs> it shouldn't have taken it shouldn't have taken all these years to do but it was kind of a it was kind of an ambitious concept but but you know all the other films have been very you know like a couple months you know like very you know just kind of figuring out the the general gist of what this story would be and, and sometimes it's like you know derivative of my life or an experience i had or you know a certain subject matter um lately i think though I'm coming more into my voice more than I ever have, um, and I and I think that it's been it's been attributed to kind of reconnecting with my childhood and um, yeah and just getting back into like realizing what about movies excited me when I was younger and I think I had a had a big realization um, last year that you know my dad uh, used to sit me down and just we would just crank out movies. And a lot of them were like 70s crime flicks. And I got hooked on like, you know, that style, you know, um, like the Alan J. Pakula movies, you know, Gordon Willis shooting and, you know, like, uh, you know, Three Days of the Condor or, uh, you know, All the President's Men, stuff like that. You're like almost like political thrillers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, here I am, this like young, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old <laughs> watching this stuff and I'm just like whoa <laughs> blown away right. and uh, I think it just scarred me in some way in a good way um, <laughs> yeah. you know I'm kind of getting back to that now in a way you know, I'm kind of putting my my design spin on that um, kind of rediscovering you know what that means to me now through my kind of life path as a motion designer and like doing all this motion design stuff as my day job um, and then saying like as a pa- you know as a passionate filmmaker and I want to make films like how does that bleed into my scripts and how does that like work its way into the vision of the story that I'm going to try to tell you know and so it's been kind of interesting I've been I think the last two films I made are definitely would be consider them in the crime genre so I'm kind of like kind of pumped about that and so it's kind of nice to know that I I, I kind of feel like I understand my voice a little bit better you know like crime thriller you know I'm in well, <laughs> you know yeah. you're doing a very good job at that man because that, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you was that I really love your particular you know the the style that that you, you use your film it, it 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 reminds me of like an maybe a, a film from the 70s or a tv show from the 70s 
and the way you know your color correction and the you know color grading and all that man and I, that's one of the things that really you know attracted me to your work you know oh thanks man yeah i've been a freak about color for a long time i think that was one of the things that drew me into um being inspired by design um was just that that you could have a design that is you know pretty like flat and and, and pretty kind of unactivated but then a, a really good color treatment can all of a sudden bring that all the depths out and when i realized that potential i was like oh man i really got into color and i just started studying you know various colorists and different types of color treatment and started getting all into photography and shooting and raw photography and i started learning about you know um just different kinds of ways that like why why i got right into the why like what you know what, what what gives us that ability to have more control over color and less can what why would it be another situation and so kind of breaking down the, the why of you know how it all works and so that that really has been a push so I, I definitely think it's gotten into the motion design stuff yeah. um you know and and in bleeding of course into the into the film stuff too i've been i've been coloring on my own films and okay. something that i've been kind of wanting to get away from a little bit more i've been thinking about um you know maybe just working with colorists instead and uh one of my one of my best buddies is a colorist so i'm thinking that he's gonna probably end up coloring my 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 next films you know um just so i can start stick to you know a little bit more of the crucial aspects that i'm gonna just do instead of because i end up spreading myself so thin that by the end of the process it's hard to have you know some semblance of of uh you know perspective just flat like a pancake across the whole thing and you can't see you know the depth but uh okay. yeah that's cool that you're feeling the color stuff i appreciate oh, yeah. that definitely and i mean i don't you don't have to give away any you know any secrets but what what, what process do you use to do your coloring do you use just after effects do you use a da vinci system do you use anything you know in particular uh what like what what specifically like uh like you mean for boards or for films but just for your films like all the films that you've done the the treatment that you use for the film uh well i got actually like funny i i started um i started just using the three-way color corrector in final cut (laughs) so there's no real like there's no real uh you know uh fun story unfortunately for that uh just you know a lot of that was just like three-way color corrector um but then i got into uh I got into understanding how LUTs work, mm-hmm. and so LUTs are a lot of fun. Um, okay. Either building LUTs or uh, in LUTs, are for if you don't know what a LUT is, it's, it's a lookup table, yeah. and it's just a specific pre-programmed uh, color system that, as soon as you use, you know, you can use it a couple of different ways. Um, like LUT, LUT Buddy is a way that I know Magic Bullet has a thing called LUT Buddy, mm-hmm. and it just is basically like if you have like this kind of log film look that's like this milky black kind of film look that comes out of the camera you can have LUT buddy you know you can throw a LUT on there and it just kind of gives you an instant look like poof um and it's just like you can pre-program that um and you can you can have that LUT like right in the camera too you can actually shoot with LUTs uh, which is pretty awesome yeah some of the new cameras have that Alexa on red so and all, I mean pretty much a lot of the cameras have that now but um I've been getting into that, and then you can, of course, play with a lot on top of that, like you throw another type of color correction device to kind of push it around even more, do other things with it, um, you know, animate it so that it can do different things throughout the course of the shot. Um, but with, with, with boards and stuff, it's just been, you know, Photoshop color correction, standard color correction tools. Um, yeah, yeah, nothing too crazy. I really like the raw color editor, though. I used to be way, way more into color, like... I used to try way crazier stuff. I used to do like, um, like for each of my boards, and this was like back in like 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. I would like, I would like take them all, like save them all out. Like when I'd get them all comps or for what I would consider be like a decent comp, then I would, I would save them all out and bring them into the raw editor. And then I do like a whole another pass in the raw editor, right. you know, as a flat, as a flat, like tiff, you know, and then I bring that back into Photoshop <laughs> and continue to <laughs> do stuff as like, you know, if there was a change that needed to be made, it was like this epic, you know, I painted myself in this horrible corner 
you know, and it's like this ridiculous look that was like impossible to, you know, <laughs> it's like, how do I get, you know, so it ended up being this, I'm just like, you know what, how, how can I do that right in Photoshop? Like, I had to simplify. So I ended up stopping doing that crazy stuff and just figuring out, like, yeah. how to simplify a little. And, you know, yeah, that was one of my questions. I was like, how close are your boards to the actual work sometimes? You know, because sometimes you want to go just far, just crazy with the boards. And then when it comes to actually creating that look, you're like, oh, you know, kind of get yourself into a corner sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, man. I mean, I've been through a lot of like situations where I've worked in a lot of different companies through the years. And um, it's always sometimes a mental block when. You know, when it, it's exciting to know if I'm working with a powerhouse company who's really got their production system and their pipeline like right. tapped out. It's like working with someone like Psyop or yeah. you know any of those any of those companies that just the production is sick. And you know, if you make right. a board, you just know that it's going to be elevated. It's going to be better than your boards. It's going to be like what you you, you can only hope to, that you know they would. You know, it's just it's just going to your mind is going to be blown essentially. And, right. You know, that's exciting. That that pumps me up and wants, you know, kind of gets me in this place where I'm like, now I really want to push myself to design something even crazier. Yeah. Um, but then I've also worked with companies where I'm like, well, I know the production. I have to, I can't do, I can't do like crazy, insane stuff because that's, they're not crazy insane. They do like a very specific thing. Yeah. You know, so I do feel at times limited and I feel like a lot of times too, it's about, constraints in, in a very specific situation, you know, like a very kind of um, subjective experience to the company and to the assignment. So sometimes it's like, you know, the budget is small and um, there's no room to do chaotic, insane stuff. And you know, I've kind of shied away from that too. I used to be way more into that. I used to get really excited about complexity and I think now I'm more excited about simplicity, but I, I still... My version of simplicity is still complex. <laughs> I was so I've got to like, like yeah, stuff all looks complex, man. <laughs> Even the simple I know, stuff looks a, complex. Man. Complex. <laughs> I know it's it's a, it's, a, it's kind of like a weird part of like my artistic um, thing. It's like if you listen to the music that I used to make, um, very complex, you know, like incredibly complex. And uh, I played drums, and it was just like all about you know a lot of crazy off time and bizarre rhythms and just strange tons of changes and fast and crazy and you know i think like i, I when i i finally realized that that was just a part of my voice when i stood back and was like wow it's kind of like my boards are that way <laughs> you know i never really kind of consciously knew that it took me a while to like step back and but um i think i'm i'm kind of getting to the point now where um it's not so maybe it's not as bad as it was <laughs> maybe not i don't know but <laughs> probably not <laughs> no i mean well there are two boards in particular i wanted to talk to you about on the show i mean just give as yeah. much information as as you can as you want to but the first sure. one that really I didn't find I didn't know that you did the concept boards for this particular piece until after I saw the movie. But what you did with the amazing Spider-Man, dude, please oh, yeah. explain a little bit of, of how that happened. All right. That is actually a really interesting, uh, bizarre story. <laughs> um, but it's 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 mostly like, honestly, like. That when you're in a role like that, like I was working with Blur, um, and uh, it's Jennifer Miller, and she's her her and her husband own Blur, Tim Miller and Jennifer Miller. They're amazing people, like the sweetest, nicest people. And the woman that answers the phone at Blur is so nice. I mean, it's just like not the company that you would expect. Like I've worked with these big companies before who were just have these crazy reputations. And it's like a big machine, like people get lost and it's just like, Blur is not that way. They're like the most down to earth, nicest, coolest, you know. But anyways, when I when I first started the gig, it was like a pretty awesome gig. And they had me working on figuring out how the look of this algorithm was gonna look, just the graphic design of the actual algorithm itself. And I like worked on that for way too long. I was, I was like on that for too many days and I think, it's funny because a lot of these frames that ended up submitting and turning in all happened in like the last day, last couple of days, like just cranked out a lot of that stuff. And the thing is, is that like, 
I'd say most of the elements, mm-hmm. because the, the way Blur works, they have like an epic CG department. I mean, right. sick. And so this one guy, Kevin, uh, his name is Kevin Margo. Mm-hmm. He uh, is responsible for a lot of the 3D, you know, and he just had, I mean, they just, they just, uh, you know, would give me elements, crazy elements, like a designer's dream come true. I mean, that, that's probably like the one job that I would say uh, is like a dream job because you basically are supplied with just the coolest stuff to design with. It's like the, you have these killer artists and they're basically saying, here's awesome stuff to make even cooler stuff with. So you just kind of like, you're like, whoa, I can't believe this. It's not overwhelming, actually. Um, and so a lot of those like, really cool uh, DNA, you know, strand sequence things, you know, they had already, you know, I got to build a lot of the, like, techie, like, illustrator kind of uh, stuff and a lot of the algorithm stuff, but they had, like, they had already created these amazing 3D layered systems of, like, the circular system of the rat and the skeletal system and all the cool, you know, intricate pieces and it was just you know kind of a great opportunity for me to say all right how does this work within a system and um you know and they had these great elements for me to kind of you know just use and design with and and some of it some of it was for this ui section which it all kind of centered around this one algorithm part in the movie um but then another part of the movie that we were that i was also working on too was this tree of life part there's like a small scene where like they're coming through the um this section of the lab and it's like this kind of tr- projection tree that comes out and it's got like these algorithms and stuff all over it and crazy math and other stuff and there's kids like a student tour group going through it and uh, I mean they just killed that part they just nailed it I mean the blur people just crushed it out of the park I didn't really work on I didn't really throw down much on the tree of life um, I threw down on the element mostly and I spent a few days earlier on working on this kind of like look for what the little thing that they would grab and like take and put in this other uh, interface, this other part of the UI. It was kind of like this little element that they were literally physically, uh, Andrew Garfield was going to grab and move to this other section. It's just a quick little shot. Um, And so we were like, you know, fooling around with that and messing around with like, is it too feathery? How do we have it give it more structure? And then is it, you know, is it layered? And But it's such a small little thing. And it was, you know, but I think, um, you know, we're also trying to understand how to, you know, tell the story um, of this, of this kind of device working or this algorithm working or not working just through design and graphics, which I love. Right. And, uh, but it, it was, it was, I would have to say though, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, it was like 99%. I'm probably being, uh, <laughs> ratio is not quite right, but it was mostly blur. That's yeah. what I have to say about it is mostly the blur people. They, they killed it. I mean, I, I was, I was honored to create with them and make some cool stuff with them, but they really, they really are awesome. I mean, those people are just sick at what they do. I mean, if you've seen that, if you go to their site, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. it's just killer stuff. So, oh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I mean, that was, like I said, kind of a dream, dream job. No one, no one that I've ever worked with ever in my entire career has ever been like, hey, here's some killer elements to just, usually it's like up to you to right. come up with your own elements and, and make all your own 3D and, you know, and, and, and then do all the work for it. Um, and they were just like, yeah, we got this. Like, here, here's the rat, here's the skeleton, here's the lizard, here's the, you know, here's all these cool <laughs> things to comp. And it's just like, wow, you guys are rock star, insane. But, um, and, and then you look in the part in the movie and I think they, they, I, can't remember exactly if it ended up being that they did the final animation or if it was Sony DreamWorks right. um, at the end of the day, but it, mm-hmm. Blur had, I'm sure, had a huge hand in, in the final look of it all, but uh, mm-hmm. it was just cool to see, like, if if I did have any significant ounce of that, it, I don't know, it, it, it came through the channel of Blur, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's all these filters, yeah. and you turn your stuff in, and, you know, the, the it goes through the filter of, like, uh, you know, like designers and it, it blur, and then through the creative director, and then they say, "Okay, cool, we'll present maybe one or two of these to the to the you know lead guy at Sony. We'll then present it to another lead guy who will then present it to a director. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's very it's a very filtered process. <laughs>
You know what I mean? And if one if one thing comes through, that's a win. You know. So it's pretty. But I, I've actually worked in a few different situations since then. It hasn't been that way. So it's just every show is different. Every kind of setup is very subjective to itself. Um, that just was how that setup with Blur and, and Sony and, and Mark Webb happened to be um, the, the situation when I worked most recently with Ca on Captain America Winter Soldier was completely different it was um, I had a great experience and I haven't been able to share that work I was going to ask um, you about that because I know you've been teasing saying that you're, you're going to put it up you know as soon as you get the uh, the okay oh man it's like a huge case study that I could share and uh, I worked on a huge part in that movie um, for like two months, editing and designing and shooting and, you know, all kinds of different aspects of what I do got worked in. And it all made, every ounce of it made it into the film. And it was the complete and total opposite situation. I was working directly with the show editor, um, Jeffrey Ford, who, you know, is a badass editor. This guy's like a champion rock star editor. He's one of my favorite editors. You know, he edited like, you know, Avengers and wow. Iron Man and yeah, he's got was like this crazy, crazy editor. Um, also, you know, Stanley Stone um, and you know, uh, Public Enemy. I mean, it, he's he's an awesome. At, it just storytelling, and I just learned a ton from him. He like broke me down in every way, and then you know, put myself back together again and break me down more. And it was just like I loved it. It was amazing. Wow. It was like a great. It was like a you know, boot camp of sorts. <laughs> um, and, you know, those are like the best scenarios. You kind of want to work with killers like that that can just, uh, you know, snap you and, you know, break you and you realize your weaknesses and they punch holes in everything you say. And, uh, you know, they're just so, people like that are so smart. I got to work directly with um, Kevin Feige and uh, Victoria Alonso, the folks from Marvel and uh, the Russo brothers, um, the guys that directed Winter Soldier and that was an amazing experience those guys are so smart it's just amazing they're, you know I'm used to working in television where I'll give a creative director you know boards and they'll be like okay let me look at these and I'll get back to you and the feedback will roll in like a couple days later it'll be just like notes and this and that and these guys were like on the call tidal wave of information <laughs> Boom, like instantaneous. Like it, it was just like yeah. jaw dropping how smart and how much they knew what they wanted and how exactly they knew how to twist what, what I submitted into into exactly what they wanted and how to vocalize it and, and kind of verbalize it in a way that made sense. Wow. And it was just like staggering. It was like, whoa, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> it's kind of addicting in a way, <laughs> you know. Like, can I just can I just always work with you guys? You're awesome. Like, people like that. You know? <laughs> Hire me, please, forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a really great experience. But um, you know, it's just interesting because you brought up the the, the Spider-Man movie, and it was like total opposite juxtaposition <laughs> of the of the Winter Soldier stuff. Which Are you um, able to share any of that on your site? Uh, probably, I don't know. Probably at some point right. there, it's the, it was the whole scene. I don't know. Did you guys see Winter Soldier? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the um, yeah. <laughs> sequence where you know, uh, you know, like the uh, the uh, reveal of Zola, right? Like, so you're down in the bunker, and Zola comes on, and he says, "It's the history of Hydra." So I got to do all that, like where it's like you know, uh, accessing archives, and then you know, uh, and he kind of brings you down the the primrose path of project paperclip and world war ii and you know zola's kind of subjective story of his you know kind of being the the virus inside you know it was supposedly shield but actually hydra all along and kind of getting to reveal um you know the deaths of uh stark senior and nick fury and so that was exciting i felt like it was like the ultimate comic fan you know <laughs> sequence like kind of comic fanboy sequence like yeah. we were shoving all these easter eggs in it and we were like you know comping our own faces onto german scientists and <laughs> you know stuff like that so uh, it was pretty fun that sounds yeah awesome, man that's man just to be lucky to to work on something like that man it's awesome we were really i was honored to have yeah it was a, it was one of those um kind of pitch things like i was brought in with perception i worked with the perception new york city and they called me up like hey we got this gig do you want to help us pitch but it's super confidential i had to go to new york city and 
I work in Black Mountain in North Carolina, um, totally remote. I'm like 99.9% remote, except for <laughs> this Winter Soldier gig. It's like the only thing I've ever traveled for. And, um, wow. you know, they were like, they were like, yeah, you, you know, you have to sign like your kid, firstborn kids away and the whole nine yards. So I was like, all right, you know, here's my firstborn son. Here's my, no, <laughs> it wasn't, it was pretty bad though. But um, I ended up, uh, you know, pitching a bunch of stuff for the for the for the pitch of it and then it just died and we never heard anything it was like i think like six or seven months went by and i just forgot about it and i just thought because i pitched a whole live action thing mm -hmm. crazy like shot all this stuff edited it did all this like design and shot some macro stuff and shot all kinds did all kinds of design right. and then just cut this whole sequence together it was like this like two minute sizzle thing and everyone was pumped and we were all pumped. We were like, this is awesome. And, and like I said, it just kind of died off. But then in the end of the, at the end of the year, the procession guys came back and were like, we were offered to pitch on the main titles for the end on mains. And asked me if I wanted to be involved. And um, we went through a week of that and cranked out a bunch of stuff for that. And some of that's on my site. And at the end of that process, they called me back and I thought it was going to be, you know, some kind of either good or bad news, but it was feedback, which is good. Yeah. And it turned out to be that we had lost the end on main, but we won the Hydra sequence. So come pack your bags and get your ass to New York for the next few months because you're going to be working with Jeff Ford and all those guys. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pretty awesome, pretty awesome phone call. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, that's how that all went down. Cool, man. I mean, and that's interesting. You brought up a lot of things that I was going to ask you about, but you, you pretty much brought a lot of them up. Uh, but the fact that that was, that was one of the other things that really made me, you know, just really admire the, your process and what you do is that you live in North Carolina, Black Mountain, North Carolina. But yet you're working with big projects that are, I'm sure, based in L.A. or New York. And so that was like, I'm like, how is he able to do that? I mean, I think, uh, I think just because of the internet pretty much, you know, um, in every way, you know, I think, uh, you can just have work up on your site and get it out to people. And, um, when it comes to getting hired, you know, you can, you know, luckily just upload your work and have it you know, as fast as your upload can be and as fast as your download can be. And I mostly work in development concept art. So, okay. you know, I'm not ever uh, doing huge, massive, you know, multiple gig uploads or anything like that of like big renders. Mostly it's just boards. And, right. you know, if it's ever like, you know, if, even if it's even, even if it's a couple gigs, it's like nowadays that's doable, you know, like a few years ago, maybe, maybe not. But nowadays I feel like, computing power and internet speeds are getting better and so it's doable you know i just think it's about you know putting out putting out stuff on your site that you want to do and then getting it in front of people that you want to work with and pushing it on them and you know that kind of that whole whole spiel and uh but i think it, it's important to just to get it out there you know like what what you want to do and what you want to be you should definitely um and that's kind of where my approach was i or at least that's how it all started right okay i mean yeah that's that's i, I wanted that's one of the biggest questions i wanted to ask it's just you know how are you getting it out there how you're networking how you're being seen by these these companies and um and i'd say probably the biggest thing the biggest thing that i can't even think about leaving out is um my, my my motionographer the aspect of motionographer and how that's impacted my career um because i think i don't know do you guys do you guys go to the site at all or are you familiar yeah a couple times a day <laughs> nice yeah i mean i i i uh got into writing i think it's been like it's been like six seven years now it's been a while i've been working working on this site but um i met justin cone like seven years ago in New York City, I, I was I got my start at Digital Kitchen. Um, I was a staffer there, and I uh, worked worked at DK and um, so much loyalty and respect for DK. And one day Justin came to DK and we just were like old soul like connection right away. We just kind of vibed it out and just were friends right away. And um, you know we were like playing Wii tennis and <laughs> you know it's just like 
good times. And and uh, I, I put out a um a site just of like I got really into map painting for a while. I never really got like that good at it or anything. I never really like pursued it as a career. Like I don't actively try to get map painting work, but I think it. I use try to use it as a springboard to help my storyboards and my concept art, and um, it definitely helped. I mean, it definitely is a great like kind of push-up routine, so to speak. Um, and and uh, I did a whole site. This was a while ago called Swords and Horses. It was just passion project, fun, you know, explorations. And um, that's when I think that was when right around the time I, I kind of put that out and I sent it to Justin and he put it on Motionographer. And uh, it was just like a great, it was just a little clicky, but it was a great kind of introduction to the community and the site and just letting people know that I liked this, you know, style of art and making this kind of art and this kind of work. And some of that stuff bleeds into the broadcast and design world and commercial world. So I guess I was lucky in, um, in that regard. And I, I just kept plugging at that and, and trying to kind of, you know, and I think in that, right shortly after that, Justin asked me if I wanted to be an author. And I was actually, I was like honored. I was like, yeah, of course I'd love to contribute. And it kind of brought me back to like that whole being a kid in a sandbox and sharing your toys kind of thing. Like, you know, a lot of artists are like very protective of their resources and, I've always been one to be like, if you got something cool, share it with everybody because it's really not about that. It's what you do with it. So I've always kind of felt open to that. And um, I think that, uh, you know, that, that kind of started me on the whole, like, I think a lot of art, a lot of the artists that came on at that time, I think there was like six or seven new authors um, that came on around the time that I did. We were all kind of, you know, around the, some of us in New York, some of us in LA, and then some overseas too. Um, we're all kind of just had our own artistic voice and we would all kind of share what we were into. So some of us would share live action, some of us would share VFX, some of us would share like super illustrative motion graphics, you know, after effects kind of stuff. And we all kind of like had the thing we would like. And I was just posting a lot of stuff that I was into that I thought was cool. You know, stuff that like blew my hair back. and. And it was fun, you know, and I enjoyed doing that. And uh, and I got into that for a while, and I think I kind of just, um, you know, faded out of it. But I think in doing that, though, it was a great way for me to meet a lot of people and just get my voice out there and just to kind of like, you know, meet, just interview other directors, interview production companies. And, you know, and I think that's just a... You know, it's a, that's just something I don't feel like, I feel like pretty much anyone can do that. Right. People are so, I feel like people are so nice these days. Like I've, uh, you can, you can just reach out to anybody, especially in this day and age of like things like Twitter and, you know, like, uh, you just reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I, I like your stuff. And, and you know, they, they'll get back in eventually, you know, like, and I feel like you could do that with just about, you know, like you could do that with Steven Spielberg if you wanted to, you know. Um, and that's that's the chaos of it all. Like I remember um there was an actor, uh I'm trying to remember what his name is, but um he just had said something about like how he back in the day always wanted that, you know, like he always wanted to like talk to Spike Lee and you know, like talk to these directors that he loved. Um and it just now he can and he was just like that's what it's all about you just got to get out and talk to people and just say what's up and i think that's what motion artist for, for me was okay yeah and and, and they eventually picked picked up a story on me too <laughs> that was where i kind of broke okay and i think when we moved when we moved out to, to i was in new york city at the time um when i was doing a lot of that but then i kind of took a break from it when i moved out to north carolina my it, it, i didn't i didn't have any plans to freelance it was kind of a random thing and I ended up um, you know wanting to write films and just focus on filmmaking and my wife had a, had a, had a gig lined up and so I was like alright cool well I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna let you be the <laughs> sugar mama for a little while I'm gonna be on sabbatical you know we'll have a little role reversal and cause I in New York City you know it was like kind of the opposite and Though she had a killer job in New York City, but it was like I felt like I was 
just cranking it out, working all the time. And um, we barely saw each other, actually, which is kind of rough. But uh, the whole idea with moving out to North Carolina was to just kind of reverse that, do 180, and just live a little bit more chill, you know, kind of downshift and spend more time together, be together more. Um, and she had this job lined up that was a little more chill, and I didn't have to work crazy hours. We had some money saved up, and we ended up just coming out here, and her job fell through right away. It didn't work out. So I was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, I guess I guess I could build a website. I haven't had a website in, like, three years. And I had all this DK work built up, and I was like, I guess I should just start freelancing. But I'm, but we're, I'm all the way out in North Carolina. I'm like, will that work? I'm like, I don't know. We never even thought about it. Yeah. And um, I just threw up my site, and you know, had a buddy of mine help me with the web design. It was like a flashlight, so so like old school, kind of back in 2008, 2009. Yeah. And um, and motionographer picked it up and did a feature, and was like. Yo, this guy, and it was really, it was really nice. I mean, it was. I was so grateful, and I've been grateful. Anytime they've ever said anything, helped me out in any way, given me any kind of, you know, nudge into the community, I've always been so honored. Because it's usually it does help. It does help just kind of get it out there, get the work out there, and um, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, in fact, I think like. You could still do it. I feel like it's not one of those things that you could still kind of do the legwork. And I think that's probably the most important thing you got to do. It's like if you can't rely on things like blogs picking up you and, and helping you get the, the word out, doing it by, you know, longhand or long form. It's like sending out the emails and doing the, you know, like I used to do like, uh, like crazy things like build boxes and then screen print them mm -hmm. <laughs> and like put candy in them and stuff and like just put my reel in there and send them to companies and like anything I could do yeah. to get you know people to say like just to stop and, and say like what so it's like you know whether it's getting posted on motionographer whether it's getting you know whether it's like you know screen printing t-shirts in your basement it doesn't matter like it just we didn't need, did any cost it was all about for me it was all about just getting it out there and um but i think that's kind of an interesting yeah. uh you know juxtaposition um you know <laughs> as far as being remote at least no that's true i mean brian and i both can attest to that man we definitely yeah some similar things you know um, real <laughs> Anything that we could to make ourselves stand, you know, stand out and to compete with, you know, all the uh, bigger guys that they were out there at the time. Right. Yeah, to, totally, man. Yeah. And your reel really has to stand out, man. And, you know, just from following like groups, like companies like MK12, um, <clears throat> G-Monk back at the in, in the, you know, in the day and just seeing that the quality of their work and the, cre the creativity that they had and putting things out, it just kind of was a passion and it was like wow this is so cool it really drove us to really never you know just stay satisfied with just a little bit just you know we, we always wanted to reach that level or further you know further than that so i can definitely relate you know to that what, what you're talking about there you have been listening to part one of our great interview with gregory herman writer director and designer Please listen for part two coming very soon.